Welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, we are speaking with Tanita Sandhu, a 20-year global brand and marketing professional based out of Seattle and also a founder of Bamboo Blue, a boutique brand and marketing consulting agency. Tanita, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It is a pleasure to be here, Jim. Thank you for having me. Tanita, so your brand is that of a global citizen, having lived and worked in the Americas, in Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and holding various leadership positions with companies and consulting agencies around the globe. So I'm pleased to hear some of your leading practices and experiences on how global brands can work in building trust, equity, and inclusivity, not just for shareholders, but also for their their stakeholders overall, their customers, and anyone engaging with that brand. So First, let's jump in with, can we discuss some examples of how a company can build and convey a social conscience to its customers? By this specifically, I mean, how can a company showcase how it creates value to society without being perceived as just doing it for something other than a true benevolent factor? Okay, so that's a great question to kick off this session. So I think what I want to talk about is, Before a brand decides to pick and associate itself with any type of social cause, it is really important for a brand to have an understanding of its purpose. And and, and purpose is beyond just generating revenue, right? It has to be a, a bigger, and like you say, more benevolent reason for existing. So once a brand is able to define its purpose and understand, you know, why is it doing what it's doing and, you know, why would their customers want to buy from them uh, as opposed to to their competitors, I think it allows the brand to have a beacon and associate itself with, you know, the type of talent, for example, they would need to hire uh, right down to the type of experience that they would deliver to them picking the cause that is associative of their brand values. So I'll give you an example. Like you said, let's just keep it more practical. So take Starbucks, for example, right? It's a brand that's been around since 1971. And some say that, you know, Starbucks taught America how to drink and enjoy coffee. So they have, their brand purpose is about inspiring and nurturing the human spirit. One cup, one person, one neighborhood at a time. So they take that brand purpose and they extend it across every brand touch point, right? So if you go to a Starbucks coffee shop, you you come into their, their space and the environment is very warm, inviting. They curate their music. They train their baristas to make sure that, you know, we get the perfect cup of coffee right down to how they procure their coffee. You know, so they are all about sustainable coffee purchasing practices. Now, what they've also done is associate themselves with a cause that through their foundation. So their foundation purpose is to strengthen the human spirit and and to better lives. So what they've done is they are providing access to education and sanitation for young girls and women across the world. And they have a target of by 2025 
to impact 250,000 young girls and women. And to date, they've been able to impact about 60,000 young women. And, And so that is just showing you how when a brand decides to pick a cause, it should be something that is linked to their purpose because it allows for the brand to be authentic and sustainable uh, in its practice at the same time. That's incredible. Thank you so much for that great example. I love how you weaved in brand purpose and then made it realistic by talking about what Starbucks or some of these other companies are doing. So Tanita, we hear a lot about the importance of diversity and inclusion today. Why is this so crucial when it comes to delivering a superior customer experience? And why should every company make this a priority? Okay, so another good question. And I think quite simply, what we're looking at is the world is converging between the physical space and digital space. And a brand's customer literally could be from any part of the world. So having an understanding of your customer needs, their origin, their preferences, makes it for intelligent data to provide the best possible type of brand experience that you could do. So likewise, having a diverse workforce really allows for the brand to be more open to different ways of providing that brand experience. So I think it's no longer a nice to have a factor for brands who are serious about being global players. It is definitely should be part of the brand DNA to have a very diverse workforce because it really does help to grow the brand at an international level. That's a really interesting perspective. There was a furniture company years back that I know was marketing very similarly across all countries. And the Middle East in particular, they ran into to some trouble because it wasn't resonating with the cultures and the values and how certain uh, folks behaved in, in the Middle East culture. And it, it obviously had to readjust in order to win back that market segment. But it wasn't after some very serious lessons learned that you have to tailor by geo, by perhaps culture and and other mechanisms to really nail what the customer wants and and achieve their outcomes. Absolutely. I mean, you brought up a really good point. You know, when I was based in the Middle East, we had a similar situation with a global client who was looking to introduce a product to the women demographic in into the Saudi Arabian market without doing any research or insights as to determine whether this product was viable and would be accepted. And only upon doing, you know, field research and getting insights from that target audience itself were we able to get the brand to basically provide the type of service that was actually required. So it's really about delivering relevance to the brand products and services and to the type of audience that you're talking to. So what guidance would you offer to help shift leadership's mindset and and realize the benefit of incorporating a customer-focused or human value into their brands? I think my suggestion and recommendation to leadership is really listen to the data because the data does not lie most of the time. If you look at some recent studies, for example, a study was conducted by Accenture and they did a global study and found that 63% of their respondents said that they would make purchases from purpose-led brands. Kantar Consulting, which is another research company, found that 
purpose-led brands actually had a 175% increase in valuation. So, you know, the data is clearly pointing to the fact that customers today really do feel that they want to basically spend their dollar with brands that care about the the world that we're in. So it it makes business sense. I, I love whenever these topics are backed up by data. So you've done some amazing research prior to this. I appreciate that. It always, like you said, point to the data. It's always helpful really understanding what some of the driving factors behind this. So Tanita, I, one thing I wanted to bring up is I've been hearing a lot about brand promises. I was actually on a call earlier today where someone brought up a brand promise for, I can't remember the company, but it was a, a sizable company. So what is a brand promise and how can a company make this sustainable given that public moods are always changing and there's various different movements that, that change perception and behavior over time? Okay. So I think um, what I'll start off with is to share what is not a brand promise. So I'm sure we've heard lines of like Nike's, just do it. L'Oreal, I'm worth it. You've got McDonald's, I'm loving it. So these are taglines and taglines are usually used to promote an advertising message. Now, a brand promise is about delivering on that experience. How is a brand going to deliver the set of experience or service that they are providing to their target audience. So I'll use uh, McDonald's as an example again. So McDonald's mission is to be our customer's favorite place and way to eat. So it's place and way to eat. Now their brand promise is then to provide simple, easy enjoyment to every customer's visit. So in a nutshell, it's really about standards. So if you go to any McDonald's chain anywhere, any part of the world, most likely you would be expecting a certain set of experience, which is consistent. French fries, the French fries, for example, when we're on a, on a work visit and you, you, you know, you're longing for home food, so to speak. So you go, oh gosh, you know, let's go to McDonald's and, and enjoy the French fries. So these type of standards is what would allow McDonald's to then claim the tagline, I'm loving it. So the brand promise is really about operational excellence and focus on the service delivery of the brand experience. It's a great story and one that I can relate to. I was on a layover once overnight in London and I took the train from the airport downtown and found that it was around the time when most of the restaurants were closing except for McDonald's. And I, I was starving and had literally all night to wait back in the airport to the next morning flight. I didn't have a hotel and, and it was probably the best meal I ever had. So, and again, very consistent. I knew exactly what I was going to get, what to expect. So great example. Yeah. A final question for today. This has been amazing insight. I really appreciate some of the advice you've been given around branding and equity and inclusivity. What can startups and smaller companies do to build a human-focused brand right from inception? You've touched on some of the bigger brands, Apple, Starbucks, McDonald's, have you, but how about now switching gears to like startups and, and more of the smaller companies, what they can do right from the start? Right. So I, I really like that question because I feel that 
the the startup environment is always driven around a burning fire, right? There's this desire to solve a problem or provide a service that you know hasn't been provided in a better way or quicker way. Uh, there's always a reason. So when I when I work with with startup founders, they're always super excited and pumped about their idea, and and that's great. You know, that's great. And they, they're they great at writing a, a fantastic business plan. You know, they've got the investor deck, uh, they've got a logo, they've got their website, they've got a business card. And in most instances, that's when these companies should really consider how can they incorporate their why, which is the purpose. So it's a good starting point to kind of go, okay, you know, I want to provide the best donuts uh, to my neighborhood because, you know, I, 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 I love baking. I, I make the most uh, healthy donuts. But what else can you do for your community that is going to go beyond just providing and, and making those donuts for revenue. So it's a very simple idea, but as soon as a brand is able to associate itself with a cause that really helps to grow the brand and associate people around it, I think the chance for success is definitely there for startup companies. So it's something that they should consider from the start and not as an afterthought. That is a great example. Let me ask you this final, final question. Should a startup team include someone from a customer perspective, maybe even in addition to sales, somebody uh, from a marketing or customer experience, customer success, something along those lines? Absolutely. Because we had touched on the brand promise earlier on. So the part of the brand promise is about delivery. How are you going to deliver this brilliant idea, concept, product. And and customer experience team is so crucial to that delivery. So I would highly recommend that that person be part of the core team from the start. Sage advice. Thank you very much, Tanita, for taking the time to speak with us today. This has been great. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me here, Jim. And thank you all for listening. If you have any thoughts or questions, please invite me on LinkedIn and drop a note. As always, you can find this episode of Micro Advice and many others on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Thanks again. Have a great week. See you right back here, same place, same time next week. Bye now.